Lamprey. Welcome to a very exciting episode of Zane's World for a number of reasons, right, Erica? Yeah. I mean, so we have Erica. She hasn't been with us for a while. Yeah, I miss you. You miss me personally? Yeah, miss you personally. But we've worked together no, I, every day. Well, on the podcast. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Because I'm nicer here. <laughs> uh, we also have with us Jake Stansky. Jake is our director of marketing for Adventure. Um, and we have a... a a big announcement to make, something that I have not been allowed to talk about for months. I know. That is, uh, that Jake's here. Yeah. Aww. No. There's and that I've talked to Jake on the phone for, what, two and a half and you guys years? And I've never met, met him. Never phys- physically met yeah. each other. And that was so- a complete letdown. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no. That's not true. Oh, man. No. Oh, man. So, so he, here's our big announcement. We, uh, we have been working on a, an equity crowdfunding campaign with a company called Start Engine. So you can now own Adventure, which, by the way, now we can, and we'll tell you all the exciting things we're we're rolling out, and it's it's just, it's I think it's amazing. Um, so for as little as two hundred fifty dollars, you can invest in Adventure. Go to investwithzane dot com, investwithzane dot com, and that will bring you to the Start Engine page. You can watch the video, um, and you can. Um, uh, read all the information. If you have questions, you can you can ask us questions there. So go to investwithzane.com, bring the start engine to the adventure uh, crowdfunding campaign for equity so that you can now own a part of this company and be, well, like, we'll be buddies. We'll be business partners. <laughs> we'll be, um, yeah. Do I know Zane? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like his business partner, pretty much. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, so the, um, and I guess there's a few reasons why that we chose to do that rather than going down the traditional like VC uh, venture capitalist route. Um, and that is so that we look, we're, you know, we're a company that's been founded by the crowd. Mm-hmm. We've had, I've had five uh, crowdfunding campaigns and I say crowdfunding as opposed to Kickstarter because uh, recently we've done a Kickstarter. We follow that up with an Indiegogo, not quite as good of a deal as the Kickstarter. And then we follow that up with our backer kit where people can add on right. perks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, and we've just, like, we have an amazing group, a community, great, amazing group of people that have supported us. And now this is an opportunity for people to, um, to, Invest with us and be part of the company moving forward. Um, and so, so all right, we'll talk about the the close because I'm really excited. But obviously, the ecto thing is just like the mind blowing component of it. So, our new products are we have the uh, Expedi- expedition flannel, mm-hmm. which is I've never been as excited about a a, uh, a flannel <laughs> in my life. And so then I'm not talking. Jake Erica, and I, yeah. Jake and I are looking at each other because Zane has held samples from me. Secrets, um, secrets, well, and I can't wait to see them with all the new colors and options. So and we're just really pumped about yeah um, to to, that to pick out the the fabric makeup, which mm-hmm. we're going with 100 percent cotton. We we went through different makeups of fabric to see different washes and different yeah stuff, diff- like to add softness, and yeah. we finally nailed one. But the color options, I can't wait. Well, yeah. So so once we so we got just samples of fabric to nail down the uh, the fabric but those had some good patterns mm-hmm. now we have like 50 to 100 different flannel patterns to pick from <laughs> and we were going to come out with three and I'm pretty sure we're going to come out with 50 to 100 yeah. <laughs> we like this one and this yeah. one and yeah. this one we have like so. a minimum we have an order quantity we have set but we don't have to uh, like only come out with one flannel color so probably, which is called a colorway, and I think we're going to come out with probably six. Mm. 
to Oh, that's new. That's fun. Six to to 12. So, yeah, we have product coming up and the t-shirt we're really excited about. The t-shirt. Now, Jake, you tried the t-shirt. Yes. It's so soft. Yeah. Yeah. I love soft. (laughs) It's it's made from uh, Modal. Uh, which is which is uh, basically a, a natural fiber made from the beech tree, mm-hmm. um, and uh, which adds like natural breathability yep. to your garment um, in moisture wicking. Since obviously that's a beech tree, so and then and, and cotton. Uh, organic cotton, organic and then uh, what are we using? What's, what's the, the a little bit of a lycra spandex yeah. um, to make sure it doesn't retention. become yeah a stretched out tee, and it's going to last you years through the washes. Um, so we got to custom make that fabric yeah. and choose between that, and yeah. it's just been really cool. So yeah. those will be coming out. Th- those come out in a, in, a, in a few months uh, mm-hmm. when, when the weather is cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, backpacks are all on the way. The the new hoodies are on the way, um, and we got hats and knit caps and all that kind of stuff. All right, so here's what Ecto is. Uh, and again, if you go to investwithzane.com, it'll just give you more information about it. But it's our experiential, curated, transformative outings, excursion division of adventure. Mm-hmm. What did I did just say? say? Yeah. <laughs> so so I've gone some on some amazing trips. Mel's gone on some with me. Erica, because we've had to go overseas a bunch of times. We have and gone we over there. We on vacation together, too. The Havasu with Havasu? our husband. Yeah. yeah. Havasu, Havasu. With our husbands. With my husband. And, and, and then, then uh, friends. Yeah. And then I think we were in Hawaii together as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, we went to uh, oh, Salt Sorrel last night and had some ice cream. Oh, yes. You guys did the group thing together. Um, the drinking, the drinking made easy thing, right? Yeah, yeah, that was an excursion. I yeah. call the bar. Yeah, yeah bar. but it was still an excursion <laughs> that you got to. You and I went to different parts of Asia. He, he, he went and I went to the bar. Okay, down I'm the street. trying to include him into one. Okay. how about you just come next one? Yeah, I guess. yeah. So, so what Ecto is is it's our excursion division of adventure where we are like curating, making amazing itineraries and trips once with, in a lifetime once in a lifetime trips bucket list trips to travel with an expert i will be going to probably all of them yeah because um, why not because well <laughs> i mean why not and then yeah we'll be shooting some of them and it's just going to be an amazing experience and basically i've i've had some and the reason i put the t in there so experiential you get it's just having amazing experiences transformative because I think for me and everyone I've talked to, Elton, our guest coming up today, that's the other exciting thing about today's podcast is Elton Castell. He's, yeah, he's, he's amazing. Rad. You know, anyone that I talk to that's traveled internationally, they can't help but be affected by it in a positive way. In a better, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you guys know, you guys have both traveled internet. You don't have to go with me for in order to mm-hmm. be amazing. Um, it's, just, it's just better with me. <laughs> um, and so we're putting together trips. And so some of the things that we're looking into are like Machu Picchu. Hiking in, by the way, which is downhill for 3,000 feet. And then you would take the train back after a few Mm -hmm. days, after just getting to Machu Picchu. I think that's interesting. Like just you saying that and having us plan that for you, because I didn't even know that about Machu Picchu. Right. And so planning a trip to Machu Picchu, it could be intimidating and it could be like something like, okay, I'm not going to do it because I don't even know where to begin. Right. And we are taking that off of you saying no for that reason. We'll do it for you. You'll feel safe and comfortable because we have thought of everything Mm -hmm. and, um, you can come and trust that you'll have this Go ahead in the transformative, but I just yeah. wanted to like take that, yeah. take that fear away from people. Yeah, I might not even have done a trip. I would have thought I had to climb a mile high, and, right? And right. I'm like, nope, right? Yeah. right. And now I know. And you know that, like, for, I mean, you might not know this, but like, Cusco is the gateway to Machu Picchu. What does that even mean? Right. It's a it's a city that's about twenty thirty miles away. You can take a train. Um, you can you can hike in, but when you hike 
into Machu Picchu, you're going from 11,000 feet down to 8,000 feet. So you're hiking into the jungles of South America, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But you're going from the arid. Cusco is arid. It's like basically above the tree line and hiking down into it. And then, and then once you're there, it's just, it's warmer. It's beautiful. You see Machu Picchu, you're transformed. You're blown away by, by what you're seeing. The expert that's walking you through and explaining these things to you, the trip in, like, you know, the, the stories we'll talk, we'll tell around the fire on the way in. And then, and then we take a train back. And then once we're back in Cusco talking about, you know, the experience that we had and other Seeing events. one of the seven wonders of the world. Like, what what went through your head? Gonna, what did you gonna, feel? I'm going to seal the deal with this and just say <laughs> baby llama petting. Yeah, right? It yeah. sounds Epic. transformative. Alpa- yeah. Alpaca. Um, it is. It is. So, so, And then that one might be for someone's level right. of experience. And then another level of experience could be, like, doing a national park or glamping. I mean, I, these are just yeah. ideas, yeah. but yeah. they can be in all levels and inclusive. And Yeah, it's not like – don't think that they're all international. Some are in the U.S. All the price ranges are different. Like we have one that we've been talking about, which is basically a culinary and beverage tour through New Orleans, Orleans yeah. led by me. Mm-hmm. Um, just all, just basically building this community of people that will go on a trip, make friends for a lifetime, and then you might say, "Hey, let's meet up and do another trip in mm. the future." And then you're building your community. Yeah. And so, uh, and then out, and then outings. I think that is pretty clear what outings are. Yeah, that, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is cool that you said that it's inclusive for your activity level, yeah. your budget, yeah. your time away from your family, yeah. your everything. It's going to be inclusive. It's going to be a wide range of um, and it's, and it's, opportunity for and you to participate. And they won't be like standard trips. So it's like there'll be something about the ecto excursion or several things that make it unique, make mm-hmm. it something that couldn't have happened on another yeah. trip. Like for example, your tour bus is not going to go next to another tour bus doing the same thing. Like right. ours is, and that's why I think like curated, um, if experience that is like driven by an expert. If that- you're listening to this, this, this podcast, you know me. And if you listen for a while, you know me pretty well. You mm-hmm. know me probably better than some of my family. And the thing is I'm, I'm stamping my name on this. I'm going to, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. Right. And so I, I'm going to make sure that these trips are amazing. Mm-hmm. Nothing short of amazing. And 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 have things that are like you said are not on the typical tour. Mm-hmm. And so and rather than just going and saying like I, I want to go to Machu Picchu and then you spend a week researching it and trying to figure out exactly how you're going to make it how you how you do it how far is it? Okay, it's 30 miles, but what kind of what is it what does that look like and all this kind of stuff? So we're we'll take all that away from you. The, the the pressure of that away from you so that you can show up and you are putty in our hands and and just make sure that it's 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 an amazing time for everybody yeah. and so my my buddy Jim was like, like one of the the trips Jim the cop was telling me I, I was telling him that we're gonna do uh, we're gonna summit Kilimanjaro he's like whoa, whoa whoa I can't do that I got a bad back I'm like all right well then that's maybe not one that's for, for you, you yeah. and that's okay because some might be for you and some might not be but um, I'm going to use this opportunity for myself to cross things off of my bucket Same. list. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and also seeing that I've been to like 71 countries, 72, if you count the Vatican, like, cause I think you actually count them, but they don't have an Olympic team. Anyway. Um, is that like, I want to take people to places that I've been, mm. right? I want to take you on like a beer tour of, of Belgium. I want to take you to like the South of France. I'm going to take you to places, Switzerland, places that I've been 
that I know are amazing. And I, I know people there that can make these experiences better. So anyway. And that, unique, you know. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, I love that. What's exciting is I like to travel. I don't think I've traveled like that. I always right. have the stress of planning. Right. And so this will be new. I'm 41. And I'm looking forward to doing Honestly, an ecto. You don't, you don't look a day over 40 oh, and a half. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm 40 plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I haven't really experienced travel like this in my life. Yeah. And so I'm w- eyes wide open, like, when do we sign up? Because yeah. I would just love to wake up and go yeah. one day yeah. and not spend a month on Google. And the pressure <laughs> of like, you know, so you just took a, a camping trip last weekend. Yes. Had you been there before? No. And so there was a lot of, of unknown as far as like where you were going to, you, you, you happened to get a great camping spot by the lake. Yes. But wouldn't it have been better if, if, and that's, that's maybe different, maybe not like for someone to say like, Hey, I got you. We're going to get the best spots. We're going to get like, I guess it was like a baby ecto. Cause the person I went with kind of pre-hiked it. Got it. And so, but didn't tip too much cause you don't want to pump it up. And then I'm like, yeah, right. yeah, that's not as amazing as you made it sound. But right. they did have, it was like a baby ecto. Yeah. Like somebody went ahead said i kind of know the lay of the land this is what you should bring blah 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 and you know the only homework i did was looked at the weather beyond that i got in the car showed up hiked had an amazing time i mean that's that's the same that that is basically what an ecto is and like look we're i we're not going to ruin the ending for you it's it it, we're not going to sit here and tell you everything that's going to happen we'll just say you're going to be comfortable all all these things we might if we're going to do something that's extreme or or that you might not want to do like hey we're going on a boat we're going to let people know hey there's a boat involved in this and so you can choose to not go on the trip or whatever so yeah it's awesome that gives you an idea of what ecto is uh of the products we have coming out soon um again go to investwithzane.com to learn more and hopefully you join us on our adventure now introducing our guest this is elton Caste. this guy is amazing he's a youtuber he's got 2.6 million subscribers started with 600 bucks and a crappy rv he tells the whole story i am interested in what he's doing and i'm asking a lot of questions of me personally wondering how he got his success and what does that actually mean and what has he done with it. So this is my interview with Elton Heste. We'll be back in a moment with more Zane's World. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Are you looking for a great true crime series to binge? Podcast One has teamed up with WTOP to bring you 22 hours, an American nightmare. Check out the story of a family and their housekeeper who were held hostage for 22 hours before being killed when the murderer set the mansion on fire. It's horrible. I listened to it. It's incredibly interesting, but it's a horrible story. Then stay tuned for an exclusive Q&A with reporters behind the show about their three-year-long journey for justice. Download 22 Hours, an American Nightmare, today on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Like what you hear, tell your friends, and leave a rating and review. Welcome back to Zane's World. I've never been as excited to meet, like, a 29-year-old YouTuber okay. as, as, as I have been, like, as I am now. It's crazy how our paths have not crossed, but maybe that's because I'm so much older than you. You could be my child. Uh, 29-year-old YouTuber, you have, so you have two things going on. We're going we're to cover all of it. One is your personal YouTube, which is uh, TFIL, which stands for? The Fuck It List. The Fuck It List, which is way better than a bucket list because yeah. there's a lot of... 
buckets. Anyway, yeah. uh, and then you also have your For Sparta, your nonprofit yeah. that we're going to talk about. So both, it's like, it's amazing. I just, my only thing is I just wish that I had the 19-year or 18-year head start that you have on me for what you're doing because mm. we're, we're doing very similar things. Let's, let's just start with, uh, okay, TFIL. Just how did it start? I know that you you started with like a few hundred bucks and some buddies and yeah, yeah. well, it started a little bit before then too. Okay, because we so like the way you say you <clears throat> wish you had the head start that I have on yeah. you is how I feel about all these like fourteen year olds. I know that have the head start on me. I know, yeah. Um, now I started on Vine. Okay. Um, oh right. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I think I was like the twenty fifth or twenty sixth person to hit a million followers on Vine. Okay, so I was there really really early doing so six second videos, six point five six seconds. And and what were you doing in those that was so interesting? Um, I, the ones that really got me kind of firing were these like obnoxious like public pranks. Okay, so the big thing for me was this thing called the Mall Cannonball. Um, so I'd find like a giant fountain in a mall and where people were sitting oh, next yeah. to it, I would cannonball into it. I love it. Uh, and then I got banned from every single mall in Orange County for a year. For for only a year. Yeah. You know what? He'll grow out of it. We'll let him back in in a year. Yeah. And by the way, do they have like those cameras that they have in Vegas where they could actually see you coming? Like your your face shows up, but there's an alarm. Like would they actually know if you came into the mall? They would because the reason I found out I was uh, essentially wanted by the mall security. Yeah, I love it. Was because someone who worked in the office sent me a picture of my face on like the security wall that was like, if you see this person, call the police. Oh my God. So they amazing. were looking for me for a while. I wonder how many like other people that look like you they kicked out <laughs> or they approached get out of here i'm not him no i am it's funny and we didn't even talk about this i started doing something like that when damn i was probably about 25 or whatever i was making like hidden camera stuff yeah and we would do like hidden camera stuff in public so for example one of my buddies he was like uh juggling and mm-hmm. the um, promenade without a permit and he he was juggling and he was using those th- he couldn't juggle but it didn't matter so he lit the ends the things on fire mm, yeah and so he was like a, a a stunt guy he had a burn suit on underneath and he had like gel on his neck well you wouldn't know if like you know whatever and he was starting to juggle and he was like turning to light it and he kind of put his arm over and lit his like flannel on fire mm-hmm. and 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 so he was all of a sudden like now engulfed in flames and then dove into a fountain at Third Street Promenade. We have a lot of weird – I started at 25 and one of my first videos was me doing an obstacle course in my backyard out of those foam pool noodles. Oh, yeah. I lit the whole course on fire, lit myself on fire. Wait, what did you light on fire? The pool noodles? The pool noodles. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like th- – Oh, it was really stupid. Okay. <laughs> we didn't realize like how, how quickly and how high it would burn. I was going to say like – and then they start to melt and stuff? Yeah, they would melt and then they would ember off. But the same oh thing, I, like we found out that if you take spray adhesive and you spray it to a jacket – you can light it. Yeah. And it like was like the shitty version of what you guys are doing. And you tell me if you had this problem with, with friends. So I, at that point, I didn't know anybody, but besides the people that I knew, if that makes any sense. And so I would have like buddies shoot things. And my whole thing was, I said, just be inconspicuous. And at that point we had like the, the, the camera with a little tape in it that you flipped out the, the side. Yeah. Even know what that is. And, and and like, I've heard of it. Yeah. And so they would stand there and I'm like, just stand there either like up high or hold it down by your waist and just keep an eye on it, whatever. So I had one buddy, Steve, anyone who listens know my, knows my buddy, Steve McKenna. He's, he's a genius, whatever the opposite of that is. And he was shooting something 
right? And this is a prank we did like in a bus. I think we had like somebody in a a giant monkey costume came okay. in and then just like we had like a bag filled with stuff we threw in the blender and mm-hmm. it squatted down in the middle of the bus and just took a poop. Okay. And then ran off the bus. Yep. I mean, classy stuff. That, yeah, that's yeah. what we're talking about. Super elegant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well thought out, methodical. <laughs> exactly. Highbrow humor. Exactly. What are the angles we're covering? Got it. And so he was like, looking around like hey just looking around but you can see i'm moving as i'm moving looking around i'm looking around with the camera mm-hmm. so didn't capture anything that what happened mm-hmm. but he looked super nonchalant yeah I so mean, he did you, capture you did uh, exactly what you told him to. exactly so that's your fault <laughs> that is my fault not explaining it better and people know it's my fault for actually uh uh having steve have any responsibility um yeah, i don't even know who he is and i know not to trust him with anything <laughs> now, now you know better you don't even know him i just hear the word lesson steve and no. i know i'm not trusting you. i can't even this is a lesson that i have not yet learned so so starting off mm-hmm. what were your technical i mean whether was it one technical issue after another figuring out how to capture the, those things or no because vine when vine first started you had to record in-house in vine there were, and you couldn't even see what you had recorded until you had posted it. In the, wow. in the very early days, you would hold down the screen with your thumb. Yeah. And if you let go, it would stop recording. And if you, like, double-tapped, you know, like, things yeah, like that. Yeah, right, right. So you would just post a video. And if your friend accidentally let go and then, like, somehow took a selfie, like, that was in your video. So it was, like, the the easiest and simplest video uploading creation format ever created. And I think that's why so many people loved it. Yeah. Because anyone could – it's literally, like, the one thing where you could just, like, hand to any person – like hold down the screen. Yeah, there's no like where's the start stop. Like, and wh- where did it go? Vine. Yeah, uh, it, they made some internal business decisions that ended up just spiraling it downward really quickly. Really quickly, um, right? Yeah, the, I think the platform still could have been one of the most dominant video sharing platforms in existence. Yeah, like they I mean, they, they were getting a lot of traffic, and it was it was really um, super easy, easily like digestible. In that you'd mm-hmm. watch one, you watch another, watch another, watch another, and you just kind of go through. If yeah. you didn't like it, don't worry, it's, it's going to be over in, in five more seconds. Yeah, exactly. And then there was just another one. You literally you just move your finger two inches, and you had another video another video right. another video and like it was and people still today like watch these like 30 minute long vine compilations oh my god which is insane and it, yeah it's 300 videos like just, ones like ones that have cats in them yeah. um so okay so you have over a million how, how many did you end with at your peak i think i was just under 1.5 million okay so then you decide then or I'll, they decided for you that you're leaving that platform yeah i saw the platform was declining i saw the escape route I was like, this isn't going to get and, better. And the escape route was over to YouTube? It was to Facebook. Okay, got it. And then I went to Facebook and I started doing sketches. And then I took all of my vines and used that to make compilations. And that's how I like launched myself on Facebook. And then I started doing more like actual like written scripted sketches with like actors and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and then as that was happening, I was doing really well there. I didn't need a reason to leave Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, and then I had a friend of mine who was part of that vine sector. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to move back home. I was like, you know what? Like, we would always go to hockey games together. Where's home? Home, home. Home for him was Florida. Okay. Home for you is where? Uh, home for me is Long Beach, Orange County. Okay. That's where I consider home for me. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, so I was just like, dude, like, why don't we do this this channel together? I, I originally pitched uh, TFIL as a TV show to MTV. Okay. It was, a sponge, it was essentially supposed to be, like, three friends that want to do these crazy activities. And then on the way to the activity, um, they would have a prank challenge. Mm-hmm. And whoever lost a prank challenge had to pay. For that activity. Sure. So that was like the whole concept of the show. Did you did you actually get to pitch it? 
Uh, I don't know. I, I had a team. I didn't know better, man. Like, okay. you mean, I'm not like part of this. No. Whole, yeah. I, yeah. I had a team. I was like, oh yeah, we're pitching it. They said it went all the way to MTV and Viacom was like looking at it. And then it was just like, at the like, end of the day, it's a yes or no. Yeah, yeah. Like it was just getting confusing. And I was like, I just want to do this. Yeah. And then that's what it was. I partnered up with my buddy Heath and we borrowed a friend's motorhome. That was like the scariest piece of shit mm-hmm. vehicle I've ever driven in my life. That's awesome. Um, I, so you started here. Yeah, I started here. We, uh, I'm sorry, in LA. For in LA, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we started in LA, and we had a we had a 30 day plan. We we're going to post every single day for 30 days, mm-hmm. and we we're like, all right, we'll start in San Diego, and then make our all the way up to Seattle. And as we started, we started realizing like when you're in a motorhome, there's so much more to do than you ever realize. Mm-hmm. We never made it past. I don't even think Sacramento. <laughs> Is that right? In 30 days, yeah, in 30 days because we would just like go and find. We like we never been golfing. Yeah, like let's go golf. We don't know what we're doing. Uh huh. And like we never floated on a river. We floated on a river. We zipline course and like we went to a winery. And so this was all. Um, this was all on the Facebook. No, this is all on YouTube. This is how we started a YouTube channel. Oh, this is a YouTube. Okay. Yeah. All right. Got it. So Facebook to YouTube. Yeah, I and completely abandoned Facebook, started a YouTube channel with my buddy. So you're not doing Facebook? I haven't posted on I still have like 450,000 followers on there. I haven't posted on, I think, three and a half years. Okay. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. No, I don't know. Fucking... I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not one of those people where I can keep up with like seven different social media platforms. I, I, I feel you. So so it. now it's it's just, it's you are introduced as a as a as being a youtuber yeah essentially yeah. yeah um and so now your youtube channel is it is it tfil i mean i've watched yeah, it, yeah. i just didn't pay attention to what it, what the that's fine that I, wasn't disrespectful to say <laughs> well i didn't know if it was spelled out or did you get the whole the acronym no it's tfil tfil yeah, yeah and if kids ask it's the fun in life <laughs> got it you mean got like, it if we're talking to a parent with their kids like, yeah oh, what's your channel stand for it's like oh, it's- oh i love it just you know what let them watch let the kids watch exactly. there's no swearing obviously um okay and so <laughs> so with that you have right now you have about 2.6 million subscribers mm-hmm. uh, growing daily yeah doing pretty well right and now. and sure. so you post every wednesday and saturday yeah and what is what is the content that you're looking to post okay I, I get here's my, here's my 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 real question. When you're out traveling, mm-hmm. it's like it's easy to get content. Yeah, you know what I mean. And when you're back here in your place, like it, it's like, do I have to go out and be exciting, or do you not post that stuff? Do you just post and you're just sort of posting the stuff that you shot while you were out there, and you're just processing it when you're back here? So the answer I'm about to give you is the answer I wish I had for myself two years ago. Okay, we used to forcibly force ourselves to travel to get content uh-huh. and then when we were home we'd realize oh we're about to go into a lull and we would kind of like makeshift videos yeah like we hired like a fire breather stunt person to come okay. to our backyard and teach us how to breathe fire okay or like we hired like a silks person and we'd go to like a park in north hollywood and like film there we'd always like have to figure out videos in those lulls yeah until i realized well wait i can just go out for seven days plan my videos really well right tell everyone not to post anything about it so no one knows when they're filmed right and then that holds us over so that's what i do now got it so now i'll, I'll do a seven day trip and that essentially holds me over if i get 10 videos for five weeks and then every five weeks i do another like, okay yeah. smart okay yeah because it's that that's the problem so with with instagram that's where i am have my sort of strongest not my biggest following my biggest following is on facebook but i don't know what to do with it anymore so now i'm mostly engaged with with instagram when i'm out there traveling it's great that's the stuff people want but it's like i can be like i was in oregon and i'm in there i'm there for the first day and i post and they're like oh that's awesome oregon whatever and i post another oregon picture even though it's an amazing picture yeah and then another one and then they're just like we're bored move you know what i mean like they're just like move on go yeah. do, you know what I mean? they don't say they don't say that but the likes and all that kind of shit just stops yeah 
And I and I was doing a um, Zane's World. This podcast was originally a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and I had signed up with this company, um, uh, this really big production company that was starting a dig- digital division. And they they said, "Hey, look, you got a big following. You do these videos." And we kind of came to an agreement. I'll go out and shoot them. I'll pay to shoot them. I'll travel. I'll do whatever I need to do. They'll do all the post and then they'll do the posting and all that kind of stuff and just make sure that all those, those things are maintained. And I did it for a calendar year mm-hmm. and it didn't make a buck. And they thought that they had all of the contacts. They're like, hey, if you do this, we'll, you know, we'll go out and, and, and we'll be able to get you all kinds of, you know, I think they maybe use the word fuck you money. Yeah. And, you know, because, oh, we'll get your following on there and all that kind of stuff. So I mm-hmm. like, I took trips to Europe. I, I went, like, I went because I had some fans or, you know, at, at Facebook. I actually get a tour of actual Facebook, like the roof there and all that yeah. kind of stuff and, and, and Google and all that kind of stuff. But it never really translated. And I, at the end of it, I was like, I can't afford to do this. I've, yeah. I've spent, I think I spent probably 60 grand that year just on, on like travel to shoot this YouTube thing. Yeah. And I know like in my head, like if I would have continued, it would have worked out. You know what I mean? But at what point? And yeah. the other and the other thing is like I'm I'm forty seven and you're twenty nine and what the majority of your what's your demographic of your of your viewers, your subscribers? If you look at my analytics it says that I am predominantly in that eighteen to twenty four window. Okay. But I know that to be incorrect because when you set up on a YouTube channel, you want to say you're over eighteen so it doesn't block out certain content. Got it. So I'm pretty sure that I'm like forty five percent 21 and under uh-huh. and then obviously the remaining being 21 and up which is a significantly vaster audience do you think that and you're not going to have any problem with honesty do you think that i'm too old to have a youtube channel no what was the issue uh probably just your team over promising and undelivering and not having the experience to de- distribute it properly that sounds like someone who's been through that shit yeah, I mean the thing is like the like when you say you make zero dollars, that makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Right. Because like the thing is, I'm polar opposite spectrum of you. So you're probably you probably come in things from a more professional aspect. Like the fact that you've toured Facebook, Facebook won't even let me through the door. Got it. Like <laughs> YouTube doesn't care. They have a mall there, so you would not be welcome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like all these like different like I've never been invited to like the Twitter headquarters or Instagram or even like YouTube. Like they don't even answer my emails anymore. Yeah. Yet I. I definitely do not lose money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I found the opposite problem. Where does the revenue come in from? YouTube. So so just from ads and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and then also brand deals. So then you do okay. The brand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what does better, the brand deals or the 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 revenue from YouTube? I would say revenue from YouTube, just because it's I, I can rely on it. It's I, consistent. I, I know I'm going to have that. I I know for a fact that when I design a video. I can look at it and say, okay, this video is going to get X amount of views, which equivocates to this amount of money, mm-hmm. which means I can spend this amount of money and still at least break even if, like, all hell breaks loose and the right. video tanks. Right. Versus, like, brand deals, I tend to get them very – because I, I pre-film so far in advance. Right. Sometimes they don't work out. And Got like, it. I have to look out for the, the, for the guaranteed same. revenue, which is YouTube. Got it. And not hold out on a schedule for a brand. So brands obviously pay more per video. Right. But the consistency of it is like something I'm not willing to like gamble with. How do you find those brand deals or do they mostly find you? It's it's a little bit of half. So like for the most part, I would I try doing outreach for the longest time, like DMing mm-hmm. companies and like things like that. And yeah. it's just like it would never they don't take you seriously. Right. You know what I mean? Because like if the fact that like you're DMing them, I, I didn't even know for the longest time that like when you go to work with like a brand you don't work with the brand. You work with the agency and then right. you work with like the agency's agency that they hired to delegate to the digital. 
I didn't know all those steps. Right, um, right, right, right. So every once in a while, I'll get like an email from like a Russian gaming company, which is like not that's a that's a real very common thing. Okay. And then sometimes I have like other people that have like like uh, the rights to essentially pitch me, and if they bring something to me, then cool. It's like it it, it probably like, at least for me, it works better if someone hears about me and comes to me because then at least they know who I am as opposed to me reaching out and having to say who I am and what I do. And they're just like, yeah. oh, who, why haven't I ever heard, had heard of this guy? Whereas if they come from the other side, it just works out. But then what do you do? Just sit and wait for them to happen, you know? So, yeah. um, all right. So what do you think is the, is the secret to, to like getting, I think I know it, but I'll ask you, really what, what, what's your sec- secret to getting to having 2.6 million subscribers? Well, if you think you know it, then why don't you answer it? I think it is your, I think you're, you have a, a bit of an old soul. I think that, that you uh, have a lot figured out for your age. And I think you have a sense of irreverence with respect. So it's like, okay, subtract, removing the, the mall cannonball from that. Mm-hmm, but like, mm-hmm. but like you. You haven't watched any of my videos. <laughs> Everything you just described is the polar opposite. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Almost every. So the so I mean, the so used... the way you came into my house mm-hmm. and and the way that we've t- talked, we talked for a half an hour or an hour before we even started that. Uh-huh. Is that not who you are on those? Absolutely not. Okay. Two different two different people. Shit. The person you're talking to right now would not have 2.6 million subscribers on YouTube. This is how I spoke on YouTube. Got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you have to perform. You have to perform and like Th- that, granted, I can I can turn into that person. Right. If you want me to start talking like I, that person. No, because I'm afraid of him. I mean I can totally do <laughs> no, it. No, I'm afraid of him. You mean like, <laughs> I'll just I'll poke fun of you and I'll instigate things out of you. Like that's what my on camera okay. persona but is. But then but then I stand by what I said. But but from you knowing you 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 get it like you you're seeing yeah. the the big picture and you're understanding like because again I, I we talked about this uh, before we, we were recording. I, I've seen so many assholes like succeed that I've like known they've met that whatever. And I'm like, how is this, this person so successful and so wealthy and, and they're an asshole. Am I, am I just not going to make it work as, as the nice guy? No, you can. You can't. You can. You absolutely can. But I see, but I, but I see who you are. Okay. So, so. Tie this, tie this in. So mm-hmm. you, so you now have your own five hundred one c three nonprofit. Yes, sir. And see, don't say sir because okay, no, I like no, no, no. I like yes, this sir. guy. I like this no, one. Yes, sir. I like this guy. So, so you did anyone? Did you get your oatmeal? <laughs> Zane, do we have to wrap up so you can get the early bird special? Um, so, so you traveled the world, and how many countries have you been to? Have you figured it out? Sixteen, not that many. Okay. Um, you just spend a lot of time in one in place. one place, yeah. and so you've seen the shit out of sixteen. A lot of 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 what yeah, I mean, one, like, each country a, has like to a offer. month in New Zealand, Got three it. weeks in Thailand, like three weeks in Australia. It's not like two days, forty eight hours. Like even if I do like a layover, I don't count it. How close did you come to getting arrested in Thailand? No, no, no. You don't fuck around with Thailand. No, you don't want to be in one of those prisons. Uh, well, I I lost my hearing for forty eight hours in Thailand. Yeah, and I think out of the thirteen people we went with, twelve ended up in the emergency room. Wow, from food poisoning or oh or, yeah, or essentially water water bacterial. I water had poisoning. amoebic dysentery that I got from Thailand. Okay, that sounds about. That I think whatever one had amazing. Which if people, you think about what it is, it's that's like those amoebas from science class mm-hmm. living in you. It's yeah, all, it's awesome. We had people miss their flights because they couldn't get off the toilet for forty eight hours. Yeah, they got stuck in the bathroom. Instead of going back to the that's United funny. States. That's literally what mine was. I had to go to Vietnam to shoot, but I got sick the last day in in. Uh, I was I shot my three sheets there, and then I had a Food Network show 
that I had for a season that I hosted there. So I was there for um, uh, uh, over a week. Mm-hmm. And then the last day I got that by eating, we, we figured out what it was. I ate street food yep. which isn't a big deal with noodles but they sprinkled on fresh greens like uh, cilantro and which, that's where the stuff lived yeah and so i started to feel sick there when i got to vietnam i had two ivs mm-hmm. and like medicine and between my shoots where i'd have to sit here and like talk and have a drink with somebody i'd be on the ground in the in the fetal position but you didn't get sick no of the 12 no i did oh you were one i, of the I got sick okay, i didn't get i didn't get hospitalized from the food poisoning mm-hmm. I ended up going to the emergency room because I went scuba diving for the first time ever, and the instructor like didn't care. And I was like, "Hey, dude, like we're we're diving, and yeah. I, I think you're only supposed to go seven meters on your first time." We were like thirteen meters deep, and I was like, "Dude, my head feels like it's gonna crack." Like this, oh, the, he didn't even teach you how to equalize and stuff. Yeah, well, he did, but like apparently, well, I found out later. I have like a eustachian tube blockage, uh. and I can't equalize. Uh. But he was like, "Just keep going." Like he didn't want to turn back. He was like the only guy for a whole group, and we ended up going down like seventeen meters. And when I came up, I took my mask off, and my mask was full of blood. My ears were bleeding. Stop it. Yeah. And then I think it was like I could did, kind did, did you stop to equalize? I tried as much as I could, and it would, like, feel a little bit better, but then it would hurt more. And yeah. I, I'm the type of person where, like, I'm not going to make my whole friend group, like, stop yeah. having fun because of it. And I didn't know. I was like, oh, my head just hurts, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It, it literally felt like my skull was, like, cracking. Uh-huh. Um, and I just kept going and kept going. And oh. sure enough, I came up, and then I did another dive after that. That day? Yeah, well, that was our first of uh, three dives oh, of the day. I did it. number two. I didn't do number three. Got it. Okay. Um, and then sure enough, like the next morning, I'd never go to the hospital. And I woke up and I was like, hey, man, uh, can't hear. And what happened at the hospital? Um, he went in and he looked at it and he was like, yeah, your inner ear had basically swollen up so large that it was completely blocking off the ear canal. Um, so my left ear was like completely swollen where nothing could pass through it. And, and did he give you like an inflammatory or something? Yeah, he, he drained it. Wow. Uh, he drained it because he was afraid it was going to keep going into a point where it would burst. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. When you say drain, did he pop it? He put some kind of syringe in it. Like, dude, I don't know. It hurt? By the way. Uh, feel, it felt better than it felt. Yeah. yeah. And then he gave me some like crazy like Z-Pack type like yeah. you know, inflammatory, whatever it might have been, um, to nuke my system. And you had to stay out of the water for a week or so? Oh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't going back. (laughs) Alexa isn't the only one with breaking news. Make sure to hang around at the end of this podcast for the latest breaking headlines on the AP News Minute. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! It's his world. We're all just living in it. It's time for Zane's World. I'm segueing into your, 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 your nonprofit. Yes. And, okay... But I'm going to have this conversation first. You you talk about that um, the and and by the way, for people who want want to look this up, it's for Sparta. It's f o r s p a r t a dot org. Yep. And and then the what's the YouTube channel for that? Uh, it's T F I L Films. Okay, got it. Yeah. And so something happened to you mm-hmm. where and while making the, your fun show. Something happened that made you feel the need to do this. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we started traveling. to uh, The main thing was actually in Thailand. 
Um, we started traveling. We're kind of ignorant kids. Like I, I never left the country until I was 26. I never left the country until this channel. Wow. Um, so my first time leaving the country was New Zealand. So like I really didn't know much about the world in yeah. general. Yeah. Um, and we went to Thailand. We went to this place called Tiger Kingdom, which sounded super cool. It's like, oh, you get to touch a tiger. You get to pet a tiger. You get to like take a picture of the tiger cub. Got it. And we're like, all right, sounds cool. But all of us are like, that doesn't make sense. Like there's no way they have 40 trained tigers right like that doesn't and where was this this was in phuket phuket thailand got it uh didn't make any sense at all and then we started doing some homework and it's like oh they pump them full of morphine um we had a huge dilemma because we had a huge group of 15 people there and then i think 11 of them were like we're not doing it and then i convinced my team and i was like let's go in and do it but under the premise that we now understand what this place is and Mm -hmm. we're not here out of enjoyment we're here because we want to actually like showcase what it really is now now that you have the prior knowledge of why this is happening, mm-hmm. right? Because if we would have wanted, went, gone into it without ever disclaiming, like, hey, they're drugged, everyone would be like, holy shit, it's so cool. Right. But when you see it and you already have it planted in your brain that, oh, these animals are completely aloof, they don't even know what's going on, it creates a completely different type of video mm-hmm. that instead of becoming, like, people... It, it's crazy because the video did very, very well. Would you be... Okay, so you went under there with the premise of enjoying yourself, and you mm-hmm. fully intended to when you talked to them about going and shooting in there, right? Yeah. Did you, did you need to get permission to shoot no. there? No, no. Thailand doesn't care about because, it. And then, and then, but you're just a tourist as far as they know, yeah, and people are shooting videos. Yeah, and we, like, we're not running it with multi-cameras. Right. Like, we had a Canon 70D. Yeah. Like, one, one $700 camera. Yeah. That looks like any other... Tourist, I mean, it is. Like, yeah, it's right. the most common tourist like, yeah. you can have. Um, yeah, we just went into it. And we, like, we went into it with the premise, and, like, we kind of, like, explained it, and we walked through, and, like, we are like, this shouldn't be possible. And then afterwards, we, like, we did some homework even more, and then we found, like, a nonprofit, and, like, hey, if you're watching this video and you want to help prevent this, here's the best nonprofit we found in Thailand. Right. It's kind of, like, counteracting what they're doing. And what is a nonprofit trying to do? Just educate, or? Yeah, I think they're more so, like, they're trying to stop the bre- the internal breeding of these facilities, the so one that, that eventually they run out of tigers. Right. And then also stop the, the sales of tigers to a commercial, um, like, entity. Right. So that way you can't make a profit off of these animals, um, which is exclusively what they're doing in time. I mean, obviously, there's, like, global, which is, like, stop animals from going to circuses and things like that. Mm-hmm. That was our first encounter of, like, holy shit, this world is... Fucked up. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was like the smallest little dose. And then we started going to other places like Egypt and we'd see like how they live. And you let, know. Me, let me ask you a question just about the tiger thing. Mm-hmm. So you said you had 15 people. Yeah. Did every – what were the, age of the ages of those people? Uh, we're all between – I would say low end was like 25 and high end was probably 29. Okay. Did you guys all unanimously feel that what was happening there was bad? Or was there anyone yeah. in the group that was like, hey, it's not a big deal. Who cares? They need to eat. That kind of a thing. If there wasn't one that felt like that, they didn't express it. Okay. Um, but yeah. Because one of the things that, that I have found in my travels, and I've been to 72 countries, but you know a lot of them are, are European and all that kind of stuff, and it's just there's not really much different. But when you go into these, they, you know, I guess third world or now yeah. they call them de- developing countries, you know, you have these people that are trying to feed themselves in a country that maybe doesn't have enough resources for that. Um, there's no, you know, slowing down reproduction and there's just more and more people. So people in order to survive and feed their family, which is like the number one instinct for a person, right? Your, is your survival and the survival of your, of, of things and people you care about that, like people, they just start doing things that maybe they at one point were morally against, but then they've just convinced themselves that it's not a big deal because they need to eat and then they just do these things. And so one of the number one things that I think is the issue is people exploiting 
uh, over-exploiting the, you know, animals and, and the environment, like, you know, for, and again, I, and I, I just think generally I've seen that the world, people are generally nice to each other. People generally care about, about enjoying themselves, caring for, for their family, spending time with people, being social, that kind of thing. I think the, the, I'm just getting in my, my, my agenda, but like the, the, the government, the, the politics is a completely separate thing from who the people are. But underneath that, there's this selfishness where people just want to take care of themselves and things that are important to them and are not looking at the repercussions of what they're doing or, you know, the, the, the future for their kids or their, their grandkids. And so I think it's something you've, that you would those, with the tigers, I know that was a mouthful, but like, it feels, it feels like that's something that you kind of got like a dose of from that. Do you feel like what I just said is accurate? Yeah. I mean, I I think, yeah, for me, it always, it's perspective. Yeah. That's all, that's all it really is, is perspective. It's like, it's like we have what, I don't know how many cows we have. Mm-hmm. We have a significant amount of cows. No one yeah. seems to really give a shit about right. the cows. Right. Because our culture is just ingrained to be like dogs and cats are dope. Yeah. Uh, cows and chickens are resources. Right. And that's how people in other countries view elephants. Right. Or tigers. Or, or dogs and cats. Or dogs and cats. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's your perspective. It's the way you're raised. And that's it. It's like yeah. their entire lifestyle. And then like we get offended when we're like, oh, you don't live your lifestyle um, 8,500 miles away from us. with right. a, a completely different language and completely different political system. And right. And you don't think the same way, like, and then right. we get offended by it. Um, it's it's some, it's it's tough sometimes to just see those. You know, yeah. you know that we so obviously like we were pretty shitty back. Uh, I mean, yesterday, yeah, I was gonna say like tomorrow, mm-hmm. but we but believe it or not, we were even shittier before. And two like amazing facts are, um, you know, there used to be trees from the east coast to the west coast Mm -hmm. and in traveling through all the people that have gone through them every single tree has been cut down so people don't realize this if you see a tree the the likelihood of that tree being an old growth Mm -hmm. of something that's been around from before you know people went through and 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 raised the 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 whole um the whole country yeah that like there are like probably five to maybe 10% of these old growth forests. But generally speaking, we've gone through and cut down every single tree, yeah. you know, and then to the point where there is not any, any left. And now they're planting all that kind of stuff. The other thing is there would be these trains that would come, that would go from, you know, from the East coast to the West coast yeah. and they would go through Buffalo plains and they would have a car where you could go there and the guy would give you a gun and you could shoot the Buffalo as you're driving through. There's nobody going and, and collecting the buffalo. There was nothing to be done about it. You were just you were just target shooting buffalo, and you would drop them there if you I guess if you were a good shot or lucky or whatever it is. Yeah. And then you just go on your day. And, and and we were apparently fine with that. Yeah. So I think that that's like the one thing that's changed for us, or is continuing to change, or hopefully is changing, is like education of why we're not doing that. Yeah. And and laws. Yeah. Um, about to see that happen with the Amazon. Yeah, I mean Brazil. And, Brazil doesn't see the Amazon as like a as a, as a need to supply the globe with air. They're like, right. These are our natural resources. Yeah, we need, our GDP needs them. Yeah, we need the wood, and more so, we need the space for cows. Yeah, and and they actually are. You know, it's funny. You want to think that the Amazon is better off than it was 10, 20 years ago when you started hearing about it, like people, mm-hmm. what organizations, you know, against it, whatever, save the forest, save the rainforest, that kind of thing. It's actually worse now than it was before. Yep. They're just, they're cutting down more forests now than they were before. All right. So you, so you've seen this kind of stuff. And so now you guys have dedicated, um, 
yourselves to continuing to make these funny and irreverent videos, but also make these pretty heart wrenching uh, videos. So let's talk. So anyway, yeah. I'll stop talking. You tell me about what those are. True. Yeah. So I, I basically I had a second channel that had nine hundred thousand subscribers on it. And that was like my personal channel. I just messed around. I did pranks, whatever dumb kind of things it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I let it sit for a little while. And then realize like, well, we have the potential. I know enough friends that are like have like a skill set in research and, and videography where I think we could probably make a really unbiased. That's the main thing we want to go into. We want to go into every situation completely neutral. We're not trying to go in with an agenda and push one thing right or wrong or mm-hmm. left or right, whatever. It doesn't matter to us. Um, we just want to take topics that we either feel like are, are current and kind of important or just like nonprofits we want to work with or anything of that nature that we can kind of help support. So we converted my personal channel over to TFIL Films. And then that was paired with me uh, formalizing a 501c3. Was that difficult? Uh, not that difficult uh, based on the classification that we went into and the way everything's funded. Okay. Like if you're trying to do like a Habitat for Humanity, even something with a more grandiose scale, mm-hmm. but the way ours is operated, which is essentially we're just creating educational films, it's a much easier classification to go Got into. It. Okay. Um, we, we rushed it, like the fee and all that stuff to get through because we thought we were going to launch way faster. Uh-huh. But it was, I think it took us like 14 business days. Okay. Um, but it happened right during the uh, government shutdown, so it ended up actually taking oh, what would have been like 60 business days, something like that. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, so we set that up, and I worked with a friend of mine from back home who actually helped start TFIL Normal um, to create some documentaries. And we've worked with Border Angels, which is essentially a nonprofit that helps increase the survival rate of those trying to, once they, those that have crossed the border. Mm-hmm. Um, via their, they, they discourage people from crossing the border, but they know that people are going to anyway. Mm-hmm. And their job is to make sure that the people that are going to anyway at least don't die of dehydration or starvation or get abducted mm-hmm. or things of that nature. All right. So we went out and worked with them and we did one of their water drops. We actually like walked the whole border. We talked to Border Patrol. We went to one of their uh, migrant shelters in Tijuana. It's literally the northernmost point of Mexico in terms of Got proximity it. to the U.S. border. Yeah. They're literally like migrants who are trying to get in the United States sleep and they through their window see the see San Diego. Right. Like you're looking like looking right at it. We interviewed all of them. And the the main point of that was we wanted to understand why these people are willing to migrate all the way from Honduras or Guatemala all the way just for the chance of getting into the United States, knowing that they could be abducted, they could die of natural elements, they could be deported and have to restart. Like we wanted to understand like why Mm -hmm. this is so important to them because I think a lot of people just think like, oh, they're coming to steal our jobs or they're coming, whatever it is, it's a very narrow-minded perspective and we just kind of wanted to open it up and hear it firsthand. One of the families we interviewed was like, yeah, it was uh, uh, Mother Daisy and her son, I forgot his name. Um, and they basically were telling us their story about how they didn't want to leave their home. They That's their home. That's their right. family. That's where he was raised. Right. But the gang started coming in, and they actually stole her house. Like, the gang literally just came in and were like, this is our house now. And she had nowhere to live. Mm-hmm. And then she spent, like, another year working her way up to get another house. And then the same thing happened. Oh, my God. And then at that point, she realized her son was at the age where they were going to start recruiting. Of course they would. So now right. they're like, okay, she's like, we have, we have to leave. Mm-hmm. Like she like, didn't see a, a choice. Like they had to leave. They, she didn't want her son to be recruited into a gang. She didn't want you know I mean, she was trying to protect her family. And sure enough, like that's why she mm-hmm. left. It wasn't like out of a of sake of like, Oh, I'm going to go there. It's better pay. It's because I didn't have a choice. And how long is this film? Cause there's a lot of information. Um, that one I think is either 19 or 22 minutes. Okay. 
um, that one. But yeah, and the, you guys shoot this in a different style than you shoot your completely different style. Okay, it, it, like you were talking about multi camera stuff. Is that how you, are you shooting some of this stuff? Like this is all. Um, well, well, we might run two cameras on an interview, mm-hmm. or we'll just shoot single camera four K. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are more so. Um, Mike, who made them, um, did a really good job shooting them. All the B roll, all the interviews. Um, I would I would run audio. He would do video, um, and it was just a two person team. Yeah, and working with a nonprofit who would help us set up interviews. And, and how many days did you did it take you to, to do that? That one was our longest one. I think we did everything in three days. Okay, because um, we spent our first day working with a nonprofit, like doing donations. We went went to Walmart and bought like five hundred dollars worth of, like socks and underwear to donate. And we did one of their water drops, and then the next day we did our interviews. That night we slept on the roof of the shelter. Mm-hmm. We were actually supposed to sleep in the shelter, but it was capped, like it was max capacity. Ah, right. So we're like, all right, we're just we went to Walmart and bought like sixteen dollars sleeping bags and slept on the roof. Um, and so when you, so the nonprofit's not paying to help the, to shoot no, this. No, I mean, so it, it essentially the nonprofit is a hundred percent. It's mine. No, I mean the nonprofit you're working with. Oh, down there. correct. No. Okay. Yeah. No. No. We we go to the nonprofits. And they and you're paying you're paying whatever costs you have to shoot this thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They essentially help us with like the pre production of like the setting up of the mm-hmm. interviews and like the tours, the and access and stuff. Exactly. Okay. Um, but no, we we pay for everything. So like I paid my editor, you know, Mike, who was working on like I paid for all that. I had someone else who was helping doing research. I had someone else who was helping do like phone calls to set up all the stuff with mm-hmm. the nonprofits. And then, of course, we pay for our flights, our gas, our hotels, all that. So that channel, those films start on August twenty. 20- Fifth. Fifth. Yes. That'll be our the Border Angels one we just okay. talked about. That's our first piece coming out. And how many and how many other ones we others? Have, we have three already. There's sort of four total done. Okay. Uh and as of right now we're just gonna post every other Sunday. Uh-huh. Just because it takes us too long to make those. Right. Okay, um, got it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that's, I was gonna ask about that. So you're gonna launch twenty five or twenty six next year. Hopefully, and then, and then within the next year. So hopefully, what's going to happen is we're going to release our first eight, mm-hmm. and after like number three or four comes out, once we kind of see what the response is and what's we'll adjust accordingly. The goal is to open up the the option of documentaries being made internationally. Mm-hmm. So we want to just we're just going to blatantly do a post and calling to all filmmakers or documentary makers or whatever it might be mm-hmm. throughout the world. And be like, hey, if you have a piece that you feel you can make is similar to the caliber of what we're doing, then we'll hire you essentially as freelance. So you can reach out to us, let us know the topic, the nonprofit, the group, whoever it might be, what the kind of like storyline is that you're going for. Mm-hmm. And we will hire you or pay you essentially for your piece once you're done with it. What do you think the ballpark is for the the pay? I'm I'm assuming based on the fact that we don't have to pay travel accommodations and things like that. Right, right, right. I think it, like $3,000, maybe $4,000 a piece mm-hmm. is what we're looking at. I think 3000 seems to be the most uh, like accurate number. Mm-hmm. So, it, so it's okay for those people to make money going and doing this work yeah, to cover this of stuff. Of course. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing. Is like we're we're going to look at it. We're going to find all these filmmakers around the world that essentially are probably working freelance jobs anyway. Mm-hmm. Honestly, a lot of them are probably doing weddings, yeah. probably doing birthdays. They might yeah. be doing like a corporate commercial here and there. And it's like, hey, no, help us with this cause. Like you guys have an amazing skill set. That so I, someone could also just really care about something that they want to get exposure for. Yeah, that's the and, other thing too. It's like we're, we do have a, a channel that has 945,000 subscribers on mm-hmm. it. It's like, not only are you going to get paid, but you're going to get credit, you're going to get exposure, you know? And, and I think it kind of helps. I think it's going to help a lot of the community mm-hmm. out there because I know how many of these filmmakers are out there that, like, have an amazing skill set. But yeah. like, they don't they, – they make all these pieces and they're fantastic and they're on their Instagram pages and they're getting, like, 500 views. And it's like, hey, 
like do something that's better for the world, like find a cause that you really support and we'll give you promote. Like, I feel like it's a really well-rounded piece for all three, all four parties involved, which is the viewers, us as the, the, you know, the the publisher of Mm -hmm. it, the nonprofits that are getting exposure and the filmmakers that are making it. Um, And so understanding that the, 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 the TFIL content is more like, like fun and and irreverent, mm -hmm. right? And this is heavier stuff. Yeah. And and those 900,000 people that you switched over from watching your stuff were watching that kind of stuff. Yep. So what do you think the reception is going to be when you start rolling out this sort of this headier content? I think if I can get them to watch the first 45 seconds, they'll finish the video. Okay. That's all. I need, I need them to click the video. If there are charities out there, there's people that care about the subject. And if it's done in a, a quality way, yeah. then yeah, then I guess people are going to, to, to sit there and, and, and not only watch it, but want to see more of it. Yeah. I think the, the hardest part that my, my, my videographer editor friend that I started with had with me mm-hmm. is that I would make him change the introductions to these pieces to a very specific thing that he doesn't necessarily want to do because he comes from the world of traditional documentaries, mm-hmm. right? Where you have 90 minutes to build out your story. Right. And I'm like, no, you right. have 20 seconds. You have 20 seconds to wrap every single person in right. and drill all this information is to like, like hyper basically treat. I was like, you need to treat every introduction to these pieces as if it's like an action movie trailer or like a vine. Yeah. You yeah. need to snag people's attention. I mean, not even snag. you need to just grab their attention uh-huh. and bring it in and make them feel like what they're about to watch is going to change their world. Mm-hmm. And frankly, like that's how we treated them. Mm-hmm. That was like the hardest part because of that perspective is like, I am on YouTube. I'm not coming into this as an accredited filmmaker. I love how you called me out for not watching any of the videos, but I, <laughs> I was watching the, uh, I went and looked at the TFI. I'm not going to explain myself. You got me. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> and the funding for all this comes from you. Yeah. From me. And if people want to donate because some, so for Sparta.org yes. will be a place where someone can go and see all those videos as well as at the YouTube channel, right? Yeah, exactly. So ForceParta.org will be the hub for kind of like the the overall message and, and plan of what we're doing, who we've worked with. Mm-hmm. It'll also have the videos that we've already done um, previously through TFIL. And then, of course, all of our documentaries as they come out. And also has our donation link on it. It's not a fantastic website. I built it myself on Wix. <laughs> well, well, it was a commercial for Wix. Uh, they should pay you. So, okay. So, so you'll take donations to for Sparta, mm-hmm. right? But you'll also, in each one, be showcasing a, a charity. Correct. So at the end, if I watch something that, that, that resonates with me mm-hmm. and, I, and I feel like donating, I'm probably going to give money to the charity that you spotlighted as opposed to sure. you guys, right? It doesn't matter to me. So this is something that from your income, from your YouTube channel, mm-hmm. this is something that you're basically doing altruistically because of how the last three years has affected you. Yeah. I mean, like the thing is, look, look uh, like to blatantly say, it, I make way more money than I ever thought I would. Mm-hmm. And I need to make, I don't need to make as much as I make from doing stupid fucking YouTube videos. Right. You know what I mean, I don't like, I'm, I'm in a privileged position to make as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And if I'm taking 50% of my revenue to do something that potentially could actually make a, like the goal for me is to essentially become the vice of nonprofits. Right. right. Like, that's what I want to be. I want to be, I want to be that level of a platform where we have a consistent amount of creators around the world that are constantly supplying us with hopefully daily pieces right, right. about all these various causes. And the thing is, like, I know how young my audience is. And I know how impressionable they are. And I know if I get 
15-year-old to 16-year-old to 14-year-old to 10-year-olds to start watching these, especially with their parents, there's a very high likelihood you're going to see these kids convert when they're 18 or 16 or start volunteering. You, you know what I mean? Like there's like if we do an ocean cleanup piece and then we blatantly are just like, hey, go to the description, go find an ocean cleanup organization in your town right, or wherever you are or a park cleanup program, there's a really high conversion rate that we're going to do that, see that. And then once you have kids volunteering, I don't think that's something that breaks away from you. Right. Because I remember like I volunteered when I was like 15 and 16 and I still do it. What did you volunteer doing? Uh, I think I did like food bank stuff or I would do like park cleanups and like, I used to volunteer for like the red eye uh, organization in, in mm-hmm. um, Watts okay. in, in LA, like volunteering with the kids and things like that. Um, and I think once you start doing like that, something just kind of good to have ingrained in you. So this is a very long term like goal. Like I think like I'm going to, I'm going to lose money, like in quotations, I'm putting that, you know what I mean? Like essentially like I'm just going to keep pouring money into my own nonprofit, yeah. which is, on an accounting sheet is a loss. But in reality, it's not. It's an investment. It's an investment, but it also is going to help your brand, too. Sure. I mean, I don't even care if it's accredited to me or not. You know, like TFI, like when people look up TFIL, they don't even realize TFIL is my channel. Mm -hmm. They don't realize TFIL is actually like Elton. Mm -hmm. You know, they think, so to me, I'm building up the TFIL brand and it's cool, but I I see bigger picture. I think it's, it'd be really, really cool to have a a nonprofit and a YouTube channel that's averaging 500,000 views showcasing different nonprofits around the world. Let, let me ask you a question because a punchline has been recently millennials, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're in news, I mean, and, and anywhere in the media, it's just been like people just love to, to to bag on millennials. I believe millennials are like up until 1996. So you, you were born in 90. You're like, you are a millennial, mm-hmm. right? I am classified as a millennial. And and when someone says those, and so, okay, what is, what is a millennial when they use it as a joke? It's someone who's entitled lazy can't cook for themselves and just wants everything for free right i mean that's kind of like what they're saying yeah um how do you, how do you feel when someone says that i love when i hear that because i come from a completely different perspective i okay. think i think the millennials are sitting in the best pocket that they could be sitting in if you look on either side if you look three generations backward or three generations ahead mm-hmm. millennials are sitting in the best platform and I know this for a fact because you said something earlier where you're like, hey, I spent all this money trying to do the social thing and it didn't work. Right. And I think the reason being is because you're from a prior generation that essentially was focused on kind of guerrilla marketing, right? You did phone calls, you did flyering, you did things like the traditional way mm-hmm. versus the millennials, especially my perspective, I got the tail end of that. So I understand the importance of a handshake. I understand the importance of like a first meeting and eye contact and flyering and like word of mouth and speaking to people like traditionally. But at the same time, I was at the cusp of the breaking of the social media end of things. So I also understand how to utilize social media. Mm-hmm. And I think like if you're sitting in that pocket, you're better suited for what's coming up ahead while still having the respect of the way things used to be done when it really did matter, when face-to-face interactions really did matter. Let me ask you a question. Do you use punctuation when you text people? Yeah. Okay. That's really Unless good. it's like, I don't do like you when you like, you do voice attacks and you're like, yeah. blah, 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 period, blah, blah, blah. I don't do that. Okay. Well, you know, it's funny because I was sort of looking at what, what the definition of a millennial was. And obviously it's just, it's being born. It's, it's coming to adulthood in the new millennium. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it is. And it's funny that like all these things, they, they blame, you know, all these things where, dude, I got this like f- this 50 year old guy or 60 year old guy, don't whatever, however old he is that lives across the street mm-hmm. with his parents and like, and like doesn't want to work. Yeah. And, and like, he's not a millennial, 
but he he is the definition of what people are using yeah. for millennials. There have been lazy, useless people in every generation. Yeah, yeah. The only thing is, is like you know when when there was a time when if you weren't in college, you were rec- like were drafted into the war. Okay, like okay, that was a pretty hardened group of people. Yeah, but if le- left to their own devices, if there wasn't a war, you know, yeah, would there would be a lot more lazy people? I would imagine. Yeah. It's a generic term that's like accredited to like the, the linear time span, which I don't really think matters. Right, 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 right. It's, it's, it, it, they're kind of saying what you have access to that we, exactly. th- that we didn't prior have access yeah, to. You can't say people that are in developing countries are millennials because they're privileged and they have their iPhone. Like, that's right. They don't. That's right. So it's, it's, it's a new, it's an American, oh, maybe like a North, like Canadian, American, UK, Australian right. kind of term, but it's not. It's not a global term. It's 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 right. an idiotic. It's an that, idiotic that's true. Case. If you if you are in a developing country and you don't have an electronic device yeah. and you live in the same house that your grandmother also grew up in, how are you classified as a millennial with yeah. what you have access yeah, to? I mean, like I've even talked about it. Like I'm not going to give my kids phones. Yeah, like I'll give them a, like a phone. I won't give them anything. You will plug into the wall and you'll get ten minutes <laughs> on it every night. Yeah, I won't give them a data plan <laughs> yeah. because I like I've I've seen what that's doing to kids uh-huh. now and like even kind of what it did to me. But like I'm not gonna let. Do that you happen. see this thing? This article that came out and basically kids have their heads down mm-hmm. so much that they've. Then I'm pointing to the back. I don't know how would you describe this point on my on the back of my head? Cranial sacral. <laughs> okay, and they were and they were they would. Or they're starting to grow little horns back there because of the way that the the head is. Because they're devil children. They're, they, yeah. they're, they are they devil children. I don't think they're actually horns, but they're like calcium deposits that are back there because they basically walk around sense. with their head down so all day. So we're shaping more towards yeah. Neanderthals, right? Yeah, we're shaping more to be like to be people that are like circle circular. Got it. Um, that doesn't yeah, that doesn't shock me at all. Yeah, and I and the, he, here's the thing. Okay, here here here's my here's my closing question for you. Because again, in the video that I, I watched about your nonprofit, your 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 objective is to change the world. Yeah, right. and and I believe that that you can change it one person at a time. So I I, I think it's an admirable goal, and I respect it, and I support it, and I will support it. Um, do you think, with what you know and and where you've been around the world, that we have a chance of? stopping and reversing the harm that we're doing no or it's it's it, we're, we're too late it's it's it's, it's uh irreparable I think. yeah yeah i think at this point i think the i think the best solution we have is that we figure out a way to fix the damage that we've done right but i don't think there's a way to stop the damage from moving forward right. i think what will happen is like if we start running out of oxygen right we're gonna figure out a way it's to- gonna it'll be these certain things that 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 change that change it for us. Yeah, we'll figure out how to take everything that trees do and just compress it into like a jar. I I saw something that it was this, I'm going to call it stupid article, but I don't know if it's in a scientific journal. I have to find of where I saw it, but it was basically like, were the dinosaurs more advanced than we think? And were they actually like communicating and had like other things besides just like, you know, did they have access to like mechanics and stuff like that, or were they just dumb dinosaurs? And it's just funny to think it. Then you know, did they were they starting to become millennials, and then the and then the universe just gave a quick little correction to them. How high was the person who wrote that <laughs> that's article? Exactly right. That's exactly right. Like, wow, dude, you honestly like you need to go back to you need to find a job because that shouldn't be a job doing that. Um, look, I had a, a, a fantastic time talking with you. I could. 
talk to you for for hours on end. Hopefully, you'll come back uh, in, in a bit after some of your trips, and 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 I want to hear more about the films and all that kind of stuff. And and then I'll I'll go and watch a video next time, so you don't have to call it's me it's on my okay. bullshit. You don't have to do that. Uh, <laughs> well, well, don't well, don't, well, don't start now. Yeah, Look, exactly. I understand your age. You're stuck in your way. <laughs> you're not gonna. <laughs> that's exactly right. I got it. I got I got bunions on my feet. Um, I I go to bed really early. Um, after I get my um my early bird dinner special, because if you go in mm-hmm. and you're of a certain age, you get discounts on meals. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's underrated. It's amazing. Yeah. All right, go and follow Elton uh, on his YouTube, TFIL. Go there and you find it, or go to uh, forsparta.org and see how you can be part of the change. Because you know what? If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Yeah. Boom. Well, you're here. Might as well join us. Welcome to Zane's World. Like I said, an amazing young man <laughs> who has done a lot in his 20, yep. 29 years. Go to forsparta.org. Dot org to see what he's doing and be part of it. Uh, and then go and subscribe to TFIL on YouTube, which I did. It's so funny. Like that interview was, was recorded about a week ago and uh, I've talked to him since. And, you know, he has like this edgy, his edgy persona, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but, but, it, but the crazy thing is like, that's, that's his persona. He's doing such good things with his charity, making those charity films. Seamus really liked him. And just like how respectful he is as 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 a person, I, I was impressed. I was very impressed with him. I have a lot of we have a lot of great people that have been on the podcast. He'll just sort of mm-hmm. rank up there with 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 the best of them. So anyway, thank you very much for listening. Uh, please go to investwithzane.com uh, to learn more about our um, our crowdfunding equity, and um, we will um, continue to do fun amazing things <laughs> it's an adventure i don't know what's to come but it's an adventure and you're with us <laughs> cheers thanks for listening to zane's world check out new episodes every wednesday exclusively at podcast one or wherever you get your favorite podcasts be sure to tell your friends and don't forget to leave us a rating and review Hey there, Rob Sesternino from Rob as a Podcast. And if you're a Big Brother fan, you know the summer is all about one thing, watching crazy people locked in a house on Big Brother. And we've got episode recaps after every episode with the past house guests talking about all the updates from the game and the gossip from the live feed. Listen to Rob as a Podcast exclusively on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. And if you love the show, why don't you share it or even leave us a rating and review. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine.